0: welcome to the yoga therapy hour podcast our guest today is tristan katz tristan has been someone that i have for a long long time admired on social media as a marketing expert when i go to tristan's website i'm kind of in awe and just wondering how what tristan is doing for himself to put himself out there to the world how does that translate into what I'm doing and what can I learn from Tristan and how can I be more like Tristan? And so finally, after watching him for so long on social media, I invited him to be a part of the Optimal State Business Development Program. And I just can't wait, especially after having this conversation today, I can't wait to spend five weeks really learning Just a small bit of what Tristan has to share. And some of the things we talk about in our conversation today are how can we take our marketing messages and bring them into the collective conversation that's already going on in the world on any given day? And that means to come with our full self, hopefully inner resourced meaning we've done our self-care, and... Look at the messages that we would like to share and bring value to the conversation with and look at what's actually happening in the world today and bring those two things together. They are not separate. How is what I value and what I believe and what I want to share with the world relevant to the conversation that's already going on in yoga spaces, in the news, in the collective consciousness? So it's almost like it's a living, breathing entity, this marketing thing that I'm coming, bringing myself, trying to be present and stepping into the river of consciousness that's already happening. And that's a very different perspective than what a lot of people are thinking about marketing and feeling fear about marketing, frankly, which is I'm going to center myself. I'm going to take up space. I'm going to promote myself. What if I get rejected? What if people don't like me? What if nobody comments on my post? Do you hear the common theme there? I, me, mine. And what Tristan is sharing with us is that it's less about the I, me, mine complex and trying to build business and be part of a booming capitalistic yoga world It's less about that, and it's more about who am I, what do I believe in, what do I want to share with the world, and how do I want to change the world? And therefore, I'm coming forward with my full vulnerable self with gifts that I want to share, and I'm requesting to be part of the collective consciousness and the current conversation that's already going on in the room. How can I show up and be part of a community, part of a human family? and respect others as I'm giving my messages, listen to what they have to say about my messages, and honoring the things that are outside of us. Meaning, for example, today we're looking at the Jewish-Palestine violence that's happening. And what do I have a value that I can bring to that conversation while I'm maybe making a living? In sustaining myself. And one day I might choose to postpone my posts. Another day I might think I have something meaningful to say. Another day I might want to give empathy to all parties that are hurting. It's really almost like being in a relationship instead of a one-way, I, me, mine, I'm putting my stuff out there. It's more of, I want to be with you and as Tristan talked about, he grew up with social media. He grew up watching people share their full, vulnerable selves on the internet. So for him, it's kind of easy, easier, maybe, or more natural for him to show up and selectively share things that matter and that make a difference. I think maybe people of my generation, 50 and 60 and older, we didn't grow up with that. and that idea of, am I oversharing and, oh my gosh, is my family watching this and what are they thinking of this? It's much harder for us to just show up and step into that river of conversation and consciousness that's happening in the world and feel almost like we're in the same room with thousands and millions of people that potentially could be watching it all over the world. It's harder for us. So we have this fantastic conversation for you today, all about marketing and how to be authentic and honest and to basically be part of the humanity that is out there already that we want to step into and how we can make a difference in the world with our gifts and our presence and our connection to others. So I hope you enjoy this episode with Tristan Katz. I did, and let's head right into it. Welcome to the yoga therapy hour and beyond. We're so happy that you're listening today. After the podcast, you might go to the app store for both iPhone and Android and download the Optimal State mobile app, which will help you to track the functions of your autonomic nervous system and find ways to stay in balance. This Optimal State app was created for people just like you to stay in better mental health and physical health. Now let's get started and get right into our guest today. Good morning, Tristan, so nice to be with you today. You too, Amy, thank you for having me. Today we're going to talk about marketing and equity and inclusion and accessibility and all sorts of things. But before we get started, at the time of taping this, which is October 12th, there's something really important going on in the world. And I believe you're Jewish. Is that yeah. correct?
1: I feel yeah, like I'm we happy to speak. Just- and acknowledge it
0: started without acknowledging the suffering that's happening
1: yeah thank you it just feel like every single week we're like it's really hard time to be a human and this week is no exception and i'm really sensitive to what is happening in israel and palestine and i'm sensitive to it in a way that's a part of the marketing conversation Mm -hmm. (laughs) because to me every time i wake up and think okay i'm gonna share about X, Y, and Z in my work today, I have to look around and see what's happening in the collective. I don't want to just go about business as normal. I don't think that that is a part of the change that we need. And I actually think that we can use our marketing spaces, practices, platforms to be a part of that change. And so I'm really always in inquiry about what that looks like when the world is on fire as it often is these days in literal ways and metaphorical ways. Yeah.
0: You know, it's so interesting because there's such a fine line between giving lip service to what's going on in the world today and almost using it in mm-hmm. an icky way for your marketing versus, as you're saying, being part of humanity and what we're feeling and acknowledging that and kind of saying, okay, this is the fabric from which we are in or we find ourselves and therefore it's relevant and we can't just give it lip service and then move on to our message.
1: Isn't this what yoga teaches, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Like, I think so much about bringing yoga into every single thing that we do in our lives. Well, the same would be said then for our marketing. How can we be yogic in our marketing, right? How can we not separate ourselves from things that we're actually connected to? But there are systems in play, and I'm right now I'm thinking specifically about the environment we live in in relationship to capitalism and how on some level because of financial insecurity financial scarcity a lot of us feel this push to pretend that things are normal when they're not or to go back to business as usual even when our social media feed or the news cycle is not like this is not normal genocide and ethnic cleansing are not normal unfortunately because of there's so many layers of atrocities in the world i feel like we've become almost desensitized to some of the significance of them i'm thinking particularly of like the soft genocide that's happening all the time in the united states against the trans and queer community and how do we stay present to what is happening and impacting perhaps ourselves or our loved ones while also showing up to make money so that we can take care of our basic needs, right? And so in order to show up and make the money, we post on social media or we send the newsletter or we put out the podcast or we record the podcast even when the world is really chaotic and hard to be in. So how do we do it? Well, to me, I think we have to hold both, right? We don't just pretend that everything is normal. We have to acknowledge what's going on and what we're carrying and how can we do that and show up for our marketing. And to me, that means that our marketing is going to be more human centered, more Mm -hmm. compassionate, more genuine, more authentic. And yeah, to your point, I'm not saying we take advantage of moments like this and contribute a voice publicly because we know that it'll reach more people and sell something. What I'm saying is, how can we check in with our nervous system, with our body, with our somatic experience? How can we check in with the somatic experience of others and feel into what is appropriate at this moment in our marketing and beyond and really attuned to that? To me, that's the yoga. And I know I'm speaking like vaguely. Yeah. But I'm happy to like ground it. Well, I was thinking,
0: first of all, I've just been watching what people are saying, how they're feeling. I think maybe that's the first step is. Yeah. I think you said this first was get a vibe or a, a feeling about where we are on October 12th at 9, 10 a.m. Maybe not even go in with some big message, but feel our way into the heartbreak that so many of us are feeling.
1: Yeah. So what I usually do, and I do want to ground this a little bit in a practical like example of what I'm referring to is look, I need to be promoting something right now in my work. I have a workshop I want to teach next month. And sure, if it doesn't go well, I could cancel it. You know, if registration doesn't go well, I could cancel it. But yes, there is something I would like to promote because I want to offer this thing. I think people need it. I'm excited to share it. And when I wake up and see the news cycle as it currently is at the time of this recording, I tend to think maybe now isn't the time for me to share about this training. Maybe now is the time for me to step back and listen, perhaps because there are people having experiences that I am unfamiliar with and ignorant about. I don't think ignorance is a bad thing, by the way. I think we're all ignorant about Mm -hmm. things we don't know through our own direct bodies and lived experiences. And what matters is what we do when we recognize we're ignorant about something. And so, in this moment, as many of us are watching this news cycle about the Palestine and Israel violence, I don't even want to call it like situation or conflict. I want to call it violence in this moment. It's like, if you think you know, well, then who have you been listening to? How can we get critical about the news that we are ingesting? the news sources we're ingesting. And perhaps the action this morning as I wake up and think I need to be promoting this offering isn't to promote the offering, but instead to take care of myself, Mm -hmm. to check in with my friends, to check in with my Jewish friends, my Israeli friends, my Muslim friends, my Arab friends, friends in the Middle East, like whatever it might be, like maybe the action isn't let's move the needle forward on business today. Let's pretend that everything is normal when it's not, right? And so sometimes that means postponing the thing that I'm Offering or really decentering myself and my work because what's needed right now is not more sales pitches. In fact, I can only imagine that the sales pitch is going to land in a really hollow way right now
0: mm. if it's
1: insensitive and unskillful. Yeah. Yeah. And I think this. What I'm talking about is relevant for October 12th. It was also relevant multiple times in 2020. It's also been relevant at multiple times since 2020. We're witnessing a really hard moment to be (laughs) human. What are we doing in these hard moments if we're just trying to forget or dissociate, which is what these systems want us to do? What is yoga asking of us?
0: Yeah. I love all that you've said. And also there's a part of me saying what you have to offer at your thing next month is exactly what the world needs at a moment like this. So I think that's the beauty. We're not selling widgets. We're not selling capitalistic stuff. That's going to end up in a landfill. We're actually wanting to connect and be of service and help people deal with their broken hearts and how to move forward during difficult times when you have to survive. So in some ways, I think there must be a
1: skillful way to go about that. Yes. And I think it's not I don't want to say like, oh, these are the steps. These are the actions. This is the answer. And I do think that when we get caught up in the urgency of marketing and capitalism and social media, that it's harder for us to discern what the skillful response is. And I think that's a big part of what I'm saying is like, I can be caught up in the urgency of my marketing plan, which is very much a plan, or I can be attuned to the moment, moment to moment of what my body needs and maybe sense into what the collective needs. And maybe the collective need right now isn't for me to pitch a training on graphic design and marketing. (laughs) Maybe it's waiting a week. Because Mm -hmm. things constantly change. And that date that I put in my plan to pitch this thing is something that can change too.
0: Well, I want to take it all the way back to the very first thing you said is your own heart and your own self-care this morning. Are you even in a position to be able to give a heartfelt message that maybe that's the first step is, am I even... Yeah. Am I resourced?
1: Yes. Yeah. Because posting or sending a newsletter, putting ourselves out there, sharing our voice, even if it's just quote marketing and taking up space publicly can be a very scary, vulnerable thing. And so, yeah, it's like, am I resourced enough to take up that space? Am I resourced enough to create something that I want to share? And related to this too is I don't think that our marketing content can just be focused on sales pitches, I think we have to provide value. And I think we need to educate people with our marketing. We need to be of service in our marketing. That is going to create a point of connection and the possibility for a relationship that is so much bigger and more meaningful than a sale and a transaction. And so to me, if I'm approaching my marketing from a relationship-based perspective, a connection-based, a service-based, a value or meaning perspective, then yeah, I have to be resourced first just to do it. And yeah, sometimes the marketing has to step or has to move to the back burner because my self-care This is a tricky thing to say because I recognize that financial privilege is involved, but I'm not just sitting here saying work-life balance in a privileged way. What I'm saying is how do we learn how to take care of ourselves and resource ourselves as the world continues to crumble around us? We need to stay resourced. So it's not going to be continuing to post on social media every single day. That is going to deplete us. I think orienting towards our marketing as if more is better is not going to set us up to resource ourselves out. Outside of our marketing or within it.
0: Yeah, I want to ask you what you think of this strategy that I've taken because I am not someone, I'm a very highly sensitive person. My nervous system can get dysregulated pretty quickly. And so I just put posts on Tailwind or some other kind of automatic scheduler. And then when I feel resourced, I can put myself live out there. Mm -hmm. But lately, I mean, that's been few and far between because I just haven't felt resourced. So I've noticed I haven't done any kind of connection with my audience for a month or so now because I haven't felt well enough to put that out there. What do you think of having some on autopilot so that something
1: keeps going, but I don't have to
0: connect if I
1: don't have inner resources? I think that that is a fantastic approach, and I'm glad to hear you honoring what you need. And what I hear you doing is saying, like, here's what I think I should do, and here's what I'm capable and available for right now. And that letting go of those shoulds, I really don't think that shoulds help us anywhere and when it comes to marketing there is a lot of should in the ether you should show up this many times you should show your face you should send this many emails you should and i want to take all of those shoulds and be like yeah but what do i need and what am i available for right now there are so many things that i know i quote should be doing as someone who freaking teaches on marketing and yet i don't do them because i don't want to Mm -hmm. i don't want to be on tiktok yeah, I don't wanna be on Facebook. I don't wanna be dancing in videos, you know? Like there's lots of things I know I could be doing and maybe should quote unquote be doing to get my work in front of more people and make more audience or whatever for my work. But like, I don't have it in me. And that's what I hear you saying too is understanding where our boundaries are. And to me using scheduling apps is like, that's what they're there for is to give us the ease so we can schedule it and forget about it. The one thing I want to say about scheduling apps and the scheduling it and forget about it approach is that it can land in ways that feel insensitive If we've scheduled it, forgotten about it, and then something happens in our world. And so I'm opening Instagram and feeling into the pulse of what's happening in our world, but somebody's promotional content has been scheduled and is already going out. And that can feel really insensitive, particularly depending on the identities of the person whose content is just taking up that space. And yeah.
0: I I think that's such a good point. I get on there three times a day to check and see if what was scheduled two months ago actually is yeah. for today. And a lot right. of times I'll just take things down and I'm sure people see them before I can get to them. But I do not hesitate to take things off when I realize like, ooh, this is not the time. Now is the time, ta- not the
1: time, exactly. Now's not the time for me. And sometimes when I have run other accounts and scheduled content for other accounts, I will wake up first thing and be like, what's supposed to go out today? Should I check it and unschedule and schedule it for another And that way I've created a habit for myself that knows even in my body, like first thing I do is I check this stuff and that way I can see is now a good time or not.
0: And what do you say to those people who want to run a business, who want to do marketing, but they literally have never a day in their life felt resourced enough to put themselves out there, even in good times. What we're talking about is a really vulnerable, challenging
1: thing to start doing. It is. This is what I would say, whatever you're already doing in your work, like I'm going to assume that most people who listen to this are yoga teachers, yoga therapists, how can you bring whatever you're already teaching and offering in your actual work moments into your marketing so it feels like just an extension of what you do when you're holding that space as a yoga teacher or yoga therapist. And by that, I mean, you don't have to show your face, by the way, like if that's the scary part or your body, if that's the scary part, let's remove those. This is again, like, what do you need to show up? Well, maybe you need sleep. Maybe you need to permission to not show your face. Maybe you need permission to not be on TikTok or dance for videos, you know, whatever it is. So if you're... Need in order to show up in the marketing space and grow your work is to not show your face or show your body. Then do that. honor that for as long as that is your need. At some point, it'd be nice if we could see your face because Instagram in particular, but social media in all ways and the internet in general, is a visual platform. and it helps us connect with people. But if that's your boundary right now and that you want to just to show up, then don't worry about showing your face or your body take what you're already doing in your work and put it into your marketing. Somebody who does this really well for folks who are on social media is Jeevan Ahaman at Accessible Yoga. He's always showing us video content. And yes, he's very comfortable putting himself in videos, but he's always showing us how to do an accessible chair practice or how to make pranayama accessible or shavasana accessible or or whatever it might be. He's teaching us what he teaches in his training programs and in his books, in his marketing. If video is not your way in, then come up with a way to teach it in a text-based format or an image-based format that isn't of you or graphic design or like there's so many different ways to articulate these teachings that don't involve you speaking to a camera or modeling poses. So there's got to be a way for you to bring, I'm just going to say it again, what you are already doing in your work and putting it into your marketing content. When you do that, it's not just marketing then it's again it's providing value it's providing service it's offering people something whether they click through and come to your class or your program or not they're going to potentially get something out of that that content and that will make an impact on people
0: yeah i have this a lot that i wake up and i'm like i'm scheduled to go on a live today but i don't really want to put my face on instagram i just don't So a lot of times I'll turn the camera and have it facing at some infographic and just my voice,
1: which is a lovely, creative way to play with that. And by the way, I don't think Instagram live is like the end all be all of marketing that many of us think it is a lot of these things we think, or we're told again, in the dominant cultural conversation of marketing, we're told like, well. If you're just on Instagram, if you go live, if you post, if you do this, if you do that, it doesn't work that way anymore. Even those of us who have larger audiences and who can post consistently, it's not like I see students one-to-one per post or even two-to-one per post. You know what I mean? There's some sort of other mix. It's like a whole combination, a web of how people will invest or connect or sign up for what you're offering. And I don't think it's as simple as go live or post on Instagram, end of story. I think we need really creative approaches to how we share about our work in the world. And the other thing I want to say, too, to the person who's like, I'm scared. This is hard and new for me. And I don't want to do it is we're not going to know what you're offering unless you tell us. So you have to tell us and you have to tell us more than once and in different ways. So that requires coming up with some messaging and sharing it over and over and over and over and over again in creative ways so that you can reach people. And the last thing I want to say right now on this thread is this is all an experiment. So find what works for you. And what works for you on Monday might not work on Friday. Or what works for you in October might not work for you in August. And that's another experiment, learn, reorient process that I think a lot of folks miss in the marketing conversation as well.
0: As you were just speaking, I was thinking of something I saw this morning on TikTok about Taylor Swift and that she has basically found a way to make her community part of her message. And whether you like Taylor or not is Mm -hmm. is irrelevant. She is a mastermind at getting people together to feel something and be human together and to feel like they're part of something and so when you were talking i was like yeah just talking on a facebook live or an instagram live or putting out tweets on thread whatever the threads whatever it's called how do we make people know that we care and that they can be in a community with us
1: yeah that's a really good Even question
0: hey right, right. I just am redoing my website and I made sure I had four free offerings on there of ways Mm -hmm. people could connect regardless of if they give me a cent for the rest of my life. So can you talk about how we could build community?
1: Yeah, Taylor Swift does this really well. (laughs) So does Beyonce. I feel like they're both really excellent marketing examples right now. And they support each other. (laughs) And they support each other, absolutely. And I think they've both pre-sold access to video of the shows that they've been performing live. That's good marketing. You know what I mean? Whoever is over there planning all of that is really brilliant because it doesn't feel gross. It's like, yes, we want more, give us more. So we're like, well, I mean, maybe you're not insatiable when it comes to Taylor Swift and Beyonce, but I know many people who are, I kind of am. So all we, me over here. Can I here. add
0: one more thing before you continue? The Beehive and the Swifties, there's been some kind of like, mm, which one's better? Last night at this big premiere, Beyonce and Taylor had dinner together, brought their beehive and Swifties together to exchange with one another, and then showed up and took pictures together on the red carpet. I mean, brilliant.
1: Brilliant. So brilliant. When I hear that, I think, oh, that's like guest podcasting or taking over somebody's social media account. Because what they're doing is they're combining audiences and they're getting in front of each other's audience. And so that brand connection leads to more reach. Maybe Bay will have some new listeners and Taylor will have some new listeners, et cetera. Although there's probably overlap anyways in their audiences. Okay. Anyways, enough of that. <laughs> what I will say, what was the question? <laughs>
0: Well, just saying, how can we build community? community? Yeah, we want to bring people together around what we care about.
1: Yeah, I will share what I have done to build community. Again, I don't know. It's like this is what you do, but I will share what I have done. One, I really pay attention to what of my content lands with people. Mm -hmm. Like, what posts are people coming back to on social media? What newsletters are people actually responding to? Wow, when people respond to a newsletter, that feels like a really big sign that that content was landing with people. Because first of all, how often do we read all of our emails? You know what I mean? And then respond. So the fact that that multiple people have responded to a newsletter, that's information to me. Or the fact that multiple people are sharing and liking and saving or whatever, that's information to me. That information means that that piece of content really was effective. So how can I hear what people are telling me they want to hear from me? Because to me, that's what they're saying. They're saying more of this. That's a part of how I orient towards building community is is thinking about what folks need to hear right now, what might be helpful for folks to hear right now. For example, you know, when the anti-abortion conversation is really high up in the news, well, then there's something else that I want to say about that on social media, which is usually like, how can we remember to talk about trans people when it comes to abortion access? So when I see that there's a conversation happening, whether it's public on social media or even just in the ether behind the scenes sometimes i'll hear the same question five times in one week from clients i'll be like well i've got to speak to that in my content to me that's community oriented the other thing i will say too though is i think Community oriented marketing goes way beyond the kinds of content we create and how we project ourselves out into the world and also has to do with where we show up. And by that, I mean old school networking, like building relationships with people because you're in a training with them. And this is something that folks have reflected back to me is that part of why my marketing feels so community based is because I show up in a lot of different spaces. And Mm. I'm not saying, hi, my name is Tristan, I'm an equity inclusion facilitator and I teach marketing mainly for yoga teachers in all of those spaces, but the way I show up we're like oh you're cool you seem really cool can i connect with you do you have a newsletter are you on instagram like so we're building relationship we're like genuinely networking around shared interests and that community building leads to more word of mouth and more recognition about who you are and what you do in the world so i think a big part of good marketing i'm putting that in quotes happens when we're not creating content hmm And we miss it because so much of us think that marketing equals content right now because of the way the internet has taken over and social media in particular. But I think a lot of marketing happens in podcasts, which is not about, it is about content creation, but it's also about community and connection and meaningful conversation how can you use this space, all of this podcast content to share with an audience in a way that continues to foster community? And to me, podcasts are a great part of it. So it's like, how can we expand our understanding of what marketing is beyond social posts? There's so many different ways to conceptualize of it. And I think a lot of us forget that networking is really key in word of mouth and community building.
0: I could not agree more. I say 80% of the people that come to our yoga therapy school, they've been personally referred. Yes. That's it. Yep. So Tristan, when I first discovered you on Instagram, I didn't know anybody who knew you. I didn't know anything about you. I just had this feeling whenever I saw your post Mm -hmm. that you are an authentic, honest human being. And I was like, I want to get to know that authentic, honest human being that's willing to be brave enough to put himself out there And just to show up as you are and let people decide if they want to connect with you or don't want to connect with you can you just give us a little this probably isn't a little it's a lifetime but how do you do that how do you decide i'm willing to be honest and authentic about who i am and show up as i am
1: i will say first and this feels like a bit of a privilege and so i want to acknowledge it i grew up with the internet It came out when I was a child old enough to use a computer. And so on some level, I have grown up with oversharing. (laughs) I've grown up in a culture of overshare. I was on the Internet when I was nine and in community forums and in blogs, reading blogs, like as soon as blogs became a thing. And so to me, sharing on the Internet is something I've I've admired mostly from like a writing perspective like there's so many gifted writers that have shared themselves on the internet in a way that we wouldn't have access to in their books but i think to answer your question specifically for me personally that sharing that was so ubiquitous as i was growing up gave me a pathway to do something really healing it feels healing for me to discern am i going to share this for example, topless photo of myself post-op on the internet. First of all, if I choose to, why am I choosing to? And like, this is some of the process behind it. Like what is the intention? Um, Am I contributing something? Who am I serving? What narratives am I disrupting? All of this stuff, will it feel empowering for me? Do I wanna be celebrated? Do I wanna be seen? Is this private? All of these questions are really healing for me to sit with and then for me to share Something that is scary, which is basically always like every time I post, I'm scared, in part because I'm a trans person. <laughs> and to me, every time I post, even though I'm scared, there's something that I'm taking back and claiming and healing for myself. And then to be seen and witnessed and held and to have people reflect back to me, like, thank you, that is really healing. And so I don't post everything. I'm very discerning about what is for me and my therapist or my best friend and what is for public consumption. But when I feel like I can contribute meaningfully to a conversation, I wanna make something for public consumption. I want to use my voice. I want to use that platform that I have worked so hard to create to say something that maybe lands meaningfully with someone that isn't about necessarily getting somebody into my program, but shifting the culture. And that's what I mean by I think we can use our marketing spaces as ways to practice our yoga, to practice ahimsa, to practice action, to practice You know all of the things that i hope we as yoga practitioners are hoping to do off the mat outside of our physical practice like i think we can bring all of that into our marketing and that is a big part of what influences and motivates me to share when i share what i do share yeah i want to change the world Like, not be Tristan, but like, I want to be a part of that change. And I know I said this at the top of that episode. I've felt this way since I was a kid. Like, stuff doesn't make sense. I want to change it. How can we change it? Well, if I have this space to share my voice, I'm going to use that space to share my voice about my work and about the change I want to see.
0: And I heard when you said that, that the fear is real of, of is sharing real. yourself with the world. And I would argue the flip side of that is... By being willing to share yourself and face the true fears that are out there, you're letting the rest of us know who you are and how we can love you and keep you safe and how we can speak up and use our voices. I mean, when you don't have close personal friends and colleagues and family members that you want to protect, it becomes very easy for a person of privilege to just kind of shrink back into their little comfortable life and just not cause waves.
1: Yeah, and I want to be, sometimes I think I'm the palatable trans person. I don't know how else to put that, and that is a phrase that is very much about transphobia, but I sometimes think that because of my privileges, because of my white skin, because I'm in a small body, If we want to say that pretty privilege is a thing, then sure, I'll say that I'm good looking. Um, You got great skin. (laughs) Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm admiring it. (laughs) There's lots of ways that how I show up in my body and my skin affords me ease, access, and privilege, and I feel like I want to use that that Mm -hmm. ease, access, and privilege to advocate for folks who don't have the same proximity to privilege and power. And to me, that is a big part of the work that I. Do. So it's also going to be a big part of how I show up in my marketing is like, if I can be the person who's safe, I'm putting that in quotes, but the person who somebody turns to and is like, you helped me see my kid in a more honest way, or you helped me understand what my sibling was saying to me or whatever. I want to be a part of that. Again, I just think I have a lot of compassion for those of us who don't understand gender and who don't understand sex or sexual orientation or the body because our culture has confused so much of this. And I don't think there's anything wrong with us for not understanding because of that confusion. So let's talk about it. And it's scary for people. And we're going to talk about it anyways.
0: Which reminds me, we just released a podcast on the Yoga Therapy Hour this week, the October 4th episode with Stevie Ingram that goes deeply into education about gender and about sexuality as it applies to yoga and yoga therapy and healthcare. So just to say, you know, come back to that episode to get more information about what Tristan is mentioning.
1: Yeah. And thank you, Stevie, for coming on and doing that labor and doing the work that you do in general. I really appreciate you, Stevie, if you're listening. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And yeah, I just think so much about, again, my marketing being an extension of my activism and how I want to contribute meaningfully to the world. And when I look at my marketing as that, it feels so less like about me. It feels so less selfish. It feels so less icky. And I feel like that's the thing that I hear most from folks is that it feels so icky to show up in marketing. It feels so narcissistic or self-involved or like, I'm, I don't know, bragging or tooting my own horn. And it's like, no, we need you to talk about your work. It's not narcissistic. I won't know what you're doing unless you tell me. And I think there are ways that we can do it and feel less icky and that ick factor is challenged when I orient towards contributing rather than selling. I hear you saying that
0: when we bring our whole selves with our values and our beliefs and we're willing to be authentic and share with people what we care about, that isn't about us either. That's about sharing the world that I believe in this, I'm willing to stand up for this, it matters. you know. Yeah,
1: and I think right now one of the things that can, Distinguish us apart from other folks, maybe in our industry, because Mm -hmm. I feel so much that the field of yoga is you hear so much like everybody is an online yoga teacher now, you know, (laughs) well, how do you set yourself apart? Share your values, share your heart. Share what called you to the practice, right? Share what called you to specialize in the work that you do. Those things will reach people in a way that's so different than come to my practice, come to my class, come to my, you know, hire me for this therapy thing, you know, share you and your heart and your humanity and your values and what called you to do the work that you do and why you show up for the work that you do. And all of those things will lead to a connection and a sense of community that is so much more meaningful
0: back to community and I say this all the time that there's millions of yoga teachers out there and why does one person choose one teacher over the other they choose it because of their humanity and oh I think I get them and they get me and they have the same values as me whatever your values are put them out there so that people can find you and find a safe yoga teacher for themselves So can we go back to something you said earlier? I wrote down a lot of notes here, please. You said in our marketing, we can provide value, be of service and educate in our marketing. Can you just say more about that?
1: Yeah, I've been in marketing in some form for like 15 years now. And what I found actually early on was that, and we've been talking about this a little bit, that just posting the marketing graphic on social media, or just sending the newsletter that's like, come to this event, isn't enough. We have to show people the value of what we're offering. And the best way to me to show value is not with a price tag, but with a a glimpse of what will be shared in that space. So when we offer that value, it can live on its own, whether somebody comes to the training or the workshop or the practice space or whatever, it's something that they can take away and explore on their own. And so when I think about bringing what you're already teaching into your marketing, again, I think about Jeevana Heyman doing this so well, but I do it all the time and I'm not an asana teacher. And I teach, like, for example, in my workshops, I talk a lot about the word women and women with an X. And I'm talking about in my the equity inclusion work that i do a lot of folks are really at a interesting crossroads in relationship to holding women's spaces and women's programs and wondering if they're excluding people or who they're centering, right? This is a big part of the conversation that I'm having in in that aspect of my work. And so every now and then I will put out a social media post and sometimes put it in my newsletter too, an article that I have written that I expand on over time about the word women and women with an X and women with a Y and women with a plus sign and, and the way that we use inclusive language and what to think about when we're using inclusive language. Well, that's something I teach in my training spaces and I take that small teaching And I expand on it for 10 very short paragraphs. And those 10 very short paragraphs make it into a social media post. And so that social media post lives, it reaches people, it serves people, people who may never interact with me in my work, people who may never pay me for anything. That posts, lives, and contributes to a conversation and educates and calls folks in and spurs thought. So to me, I'm bringing what I'm already teaching into my marketing. I'm providing value whether people come to take a workshop with me or not. It is making an impact. And because it has so much value, we'll reach more people because more people are inclined to share it. Just like more people are inclined to share Jivana's videos. Anytime you teach something in your content, people are more likely to share it. And that sharing will then reach even more new eyes, ears, people. And so to me, that's a big part of what I mean when I say bring what you're already offering in your work into your marketing, give value, give it away for free. Honestly, you always have more to offer than what you think you do, even if you teach the thing on social media and then teach the thing one-on-one it's going to be different for the one-on-one that person is going to get something different out of it than just consuming a passive post on social media so to me there is no excuse not to just give it away because you always have more to offer
0: i think to acknowledge also that there's the content of what is being shared in the post, which as you're saying, should be of value. It should be for free. Everyone should benefit. But that same content when exchanged in relationship in a group or individually is completely different content. And I think people don't recognize that their connection and presence with another human
1: being changes the experience. Yeah, and
0: the content so much more personal and rich and deep, and goes into their heart space, and shifts who they are. I mean, that's just a totally different experience than a beautifully written ten paragraph post about women.
1: Absolutely, yeah, I can write that social media post, ten paragraphs on the word women all day, but when we come into an actual conversation in real like time and talk about the word and look at different websites and marketing and language because that's what we're doing in the actual training space right we're getting deeper so the folks getting the 10 paragraph social media posts like we might think that's it that's the end of the conversation no there's so much more and i even think as i was listening to you speak i was like there's a difference between me getting onto my mat and moving into a basic shape when i'm around other people Mm -hmm. or when I'm practicing in a room with other students, or when there's a teacher around guiding me into that shape. It's a very different experience. Totally totally different.
0: Yeah. And even as time passes, how do these things land inside of us? What are we ready to receive? Because what I heard you say is you have this living, breathing document about the word women. And I heard you say you add to it. So that was interesting to me because it's living and breathing and growing with you and with us. But the other thing that really interested me in that is creating a post that has value takes so much time and energy and work for a lot of us. And then you put it out there and 10 people see it. But what I love about that approach that you just said is I can add to it and refine it and use it again in three months. It's not a one shot deal
1: please, please don't put time and energy into something that is meaningful to you and then think you've posted it and it's done and that's done and that's the life of that piece. No, no. Look, if we are going to make this stuff sustainable, we have to repeat ourselves. And so a big part of, to me, approaching marketing in a sustainable way, back to like taking care of ourselves first, right? coming up with content you're willing to work with over time that you can keep breathing life into. Because the reason I keep breathing life into the women piece is because I learn more Mm. and I have more things to say as I learn more. And so the piece gets longer or it gets revised or it gets improved upon. And every time I share it, people are like, thank you. People aren't saying, well, you shared this last year. No, nobody's saying that. Just like I always say this, nobody in a yoga practice is saying you already told me to breathe 10 times today, could you stop reminding me to breathe? No, we need reminders, we need repetition. How much are we actually absorbing in our nervous systems, in our brains right now in terms of content and what we're exposed to? To me, if you spend time crafting a piece of content, newsletter, blog, social media post you name it, fill in the blank, and it means something to you and only 10 people see it or whatever that's not the end of it come back to it again in a month in three months in six months sometimes i look back at work what worked three years ago and i will say is there anything that worked three years ago that i'm willing to say again is there anything that i worked on three years ago that i liked that i can expand upon and refresh and revise and add new thoughts to because that's going to make my life easier so How can I make my life easier to show up sustainably and consistently? To me, it's repetition. And it's not just saying, well, I posted that six months ago. I'm just going to screenshot and repost it again. No, we have to repackage, re-envision, add, revise, like build on it, right, to make it more meaningful.
0: Yeah. Beautifully said. And only 10 15% of your people see it the first time. A huge percentage never even had it come across their feed.
1: Exactly, and so to me, that's another reason to just repeat ourselves over and over and over again in different ways, right? In creatively different ways. And again, that also, it doesn't just make my life easier, it strengthens my brand. And I'm putting that kind of in quotes, branding is a whole nother conversation, (laughs) but also a component of marketing. And when we strengthen our brand through repetition and through dialing in our core messages and then making them clear over and over and over again, People will have a better understanding of who we are and what we offer. And they'll think of us more likely when they need what it is that we do in the world.
0: I love that message because there's been times I've seen a post a year earlier and I didn't screenshot it or, you know, it was just such a precious post or save it and I cannot find it and I can't yeah. get back to it. And sometimes they can't even remember who posted who it. was, it. right. And when it comes across something similar again, I'm like, yes,
1: there it is.
0: <laughs> it's such a treat.
1: Yeah, I often think if you can come up with five pieces or six pieces of content gold, those pieces of gold can be used over and over and over and over and over and over, and over again for years in different ways, like a quote on a graphic a caption, one sentence. Like There's just so many different ways. And if that's something you're interested in, you let me know. I've got all kinds of programs coming up where I want to teach people how to do this, this sustainable- Yeah.
0: Let's talk about the programs you have coming up. I have been so impressed with your work that I wanted to have you come to the Optimal State Yoga Therapy School and teach us about marketing which we'll be doing next spring. And I would imagine there's other yoga therapy and yoga teacher training programs that could benefit from your teaching. But I'm also going to bring up your website. You know, knowing that this particular episode probably won't come out for about
1: five weeks. Mm -hmm.
0: What do you have coming up? And I assume you repeat these things
1: also. Yes, some of them I do. So thinking about when this episode will release, I will say that, there is a training that I'm going to be teaching every single year, as far as I can tell. I and mean, it's called Conscious Marketing. And you'll find it on my website in the signature training section. I think there might also be a wait list option. And if there isn't, I'll put that on my events page. Usually it's a 15 to 20 hour online training primarily designed for yoga teachers, yoga therapists, though anyone in the like wellness industry will benefit from it. And we talk about social media, but we also talk about newsletters. We talk about websites. We talk about passive income, Patreon, podcasting, substack, you name it. We go into it. That's a really juicy training space, long form. I have a couple things coming up. One is a free content creation, like creating effective and meaningful marketing content creation workshop. That's November 28th. You can learn about that on my website as well. It's with the new Fruition platform. If you just go to joinfruition.com, you'll learn more about that. That is a free workshop at the end of November, November 28th. I don't know if this is going to come out before them, but the reason I'm saying something about this is because what I teach in that free workshop is something that I have yet to teach publicly. And it is about, creating a body of content that can become a foundational content library that you pull from and reuse over and over and over again over time, hopefully creating more consistent visibility. So I'll be teaching that for free at the end of November. And then I'm going to be launching, I believe, in one in December and one in January, a group program where we can work on that in anticipation of the new year. So some of the stuff is like, yes, it's on my website, go check it out and just sign up for my newsletter because I'm constantly trying to come up with what this moment needs and help people in that area. And so my hope is to release a couple programs in December and January for that.
0: So for those of you that are watching this on YouTube, we do the audio version, but then we also release the video version to our Patreon page. But the website, and I'll put this in the show notes, is www.katz-creative.com. Www.katz, cats creativecom And even your website is just so beautifully done
1: who trained you in marketing or did you figure this out i am self-taught yeah over many 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 years like really 15 or more i have studied a lot about websites graphic design marketing you name it everything in the 15 years that i've been working and yeah i made that website it is a constant work in progress thank you can i
0: go on there it's separate of the actual content that you Mm -hmm. offer and i'm bringing it up on screen again I love this picture of you on the front. I could just look at that picture (laughs) separate of the content. And then this one, my gosh, that's an interesting person. I want to get to know this person, you know? Thank
1: you. Amy. I appreciate it. I'll pass that on to my photographer friend. (laughs) Good. Good. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, is there any last words
1: of wisdom you'd like to share with us or do you feel complete? I feel complete. If anybody's interested in talking more about marketing from this perspective, come join me in one of my programs or join us in Amy's yoga therapy program. Because I haven't thought about opening that that up,
0: but I might consider that it's a five Week segment we're doing in March of 2024. So that might be, yeah, if think about you're it. Hearing this and interested in that segment, just joining us at Optimal State, just contact me at amy at amywheeler.com. But I would hate to take away from all the programs you're also doing. So I highly suggest that anyone who's interested go to this website. There's so many beautiful offerings. So thank you, Amy. I really appreciate it. Thank you. I want to thank Tristan for being with us today. And I don't know about you, but I was over here taking pages of notes. This is gold. I think what I want to do is take the main ideas that Tristan shared with us today and put them on index cards and use them to help me with my social media presence. And what I mean by that is I have a particular Feeling inside right now that I want to hold on to. And that when Tristan shared with us, it landed inside of me in a particular way that made me feel calm, clear, at peace. And it's the place I want to share from. So that's what I'm coming away from this episode with is maybe how do I get into a feeling, sensing state? And from that place, I can share my messages. Does that make sense? It's not about I have to produce content. I have to get posts out there in this timely manner and get so many likes and so many comments. Maybe that's not what it's about. Maybe it's about how I feel on the inside when I'm hoping to create community and connection, when I'm stepping into the consciousness of... The world, when I'm stepping into the conversations that are already happening out there, how do I want to feel? And so when I say, you know, maybe I can put on these index cards to remind me of the feeling I have inside and the sensations I'm having inside right now. One card might read, posting the details of my offerings is not enough. Show value and give people a glimpse of the things I like to share about Like that could be on a little index card from today. And I think if I made 20 or 30 of those little index cards and kind of read through them before I go to post, I think it might help me almost like this was a pilgrimage. I can come back to this place that I'm in right now after having the hour with Tristan. So that's my plan going forward because I think the information that was shared is very deep. For me, it's going to need a lot of reflection, and coming back again and again and letting it sink into my cells and into my heart. And over time, I might understand the gems and the jewels that were shared today. I don't think this is a one-time thing, I guess is what I'm saying. So that's my plan going forward maybe I'll be listening to this podcast over and over again. But I really am grateful because I feel like Tristan shared something very precious with us today. And I think it's only the tip of the iceberg with what he has to share. So I highly encourage that we all study with Tristan, especially those of us who find marketing challenging and are looking for a way forward. And as we said in the interview, I think we will open up the Optimal State Yoga Therapy training, that that five-week segment that Tristan's going to be teaching us, I think we'd love to share that with you. So email me, amy at amywheeler.com. I don't have any idea how that's going to work yet, but by then in March of 2024, I will know. So, okay, everybody, have a great day. And we look forward to connecting with you each week. We thank you for listening each week. And if you have any comments, questions, or thoughts, always feel free to contact us. All right, thank you, bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Yoga Therapy Hour and Beyond. If you've enjoyed this program, there's a few things you can do to help us. You can share this episode with colleagues, friends, and family. You can give us a great rating on the podcast platform that you listen to. You can support us on Patreon. And you can download the Optimal State mobile app and start using it to track your own nervous system. All of these things will help us to produce and give you the gift of of the yoga therapy hour for many years to come thank you our listeners for supporting us a special thank you to our team here at optimal state we are truly a global family george mantuan one of our executive producers adam Sachel, senior media producer and sound engineer from the philippines krishna panchal a producer from canada modupe Abdullahi, who does the show notes and is an editor for us from Nigeria and Peter Morley who wrote and produced the music for this show who lives in Australia. Find more about Peter's work at www.zenmusic.biz. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.